Hey, Peak Pals, stay tuned after today's episode for an exclusive interview with Matt Busbridge, Country Manager Canada at Amazon Business Canada, about how Amazon is supporting Canadian small businesses in turbulent economic times. I really enjoyed our conversation with Matt about all of Amazon's small business initiatives in Canada, and I know you will too. Now, on to today's episode. I'm Britt Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, December 6th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, I've got a stat for anyone who's ever thought, well, this conference call could have been an email. So Slack surveyed 10,000 office workers and found that about two hours of meetings is the daily limit for most of us before those sinks start eating into productivity. You can consider that further proof that cutting meetings frees up valuable time that's better used for vital tasks, you know, like taking extra long lunches. Actually, you know, sorry, I mean getting spreadsheets done. What's your call limit, Jay? Uh, I don't love them. I find them awful, especially when they're, I find actual phone call conference calls really difficult to manage now because everybody's voice sounds different and I'd rather see the people. But I also like the idea of people at Slack having a meeting about the meeting productivity survey. Like I like the idea that that took a lot of meetings to get off the ground. I don't know if it's meta or ironic. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I hear you. You know, I don't mind multiple, uh, 30 minutes is my max on meetings. If you go past 30 minutes, it's really hard for me to stay engaged. That's my ADHD yeah. kicking in. However, I can do many 30 minute meetings. Like if you put a bunch of 30 minute meetings on my calendar, I can get yeah. through them easily. But anything longer than that, I just, I fall off. Yeah, well, you're a better man than I am because my, my limit's about 15 minutes before I start sizzling out, which is why a seven-minute podcast is right at my alley. A better man than you are. Not the first time you said that. Uh, and, and it's certainly not the first time anybody said it. Brett, <laughs> aside from all of that and our time limits on attention, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, low math scores are an unsolved problem. For our second story, Walmart is all about rom-commerce. And for our oh. third story, firefighters ask the feds for more help. For our first story, if you're like us, when you studied math in school, you were constantly thinking, wow, this is hard. Unfortunately for kids today, it seems that learning math has gotten even harder. Brett, how are kids falling behind in their math education? So Canadian math scores continued a long fall from grace per the latest results from the OECD's standardized math test between 2003 and 2022. Overall scores declined by 35 points, with only 12% of students categorized as high math achievers. Last year, 22% of students scored below the level of math literacy the OECD finds adequate to fully participate in modern society. In 2003, that number was just 10%. And it matters because poor math comprehension puts today's students at risk of falling behind, not just academically, but economically. One study found that a one-point increase in high school GPA increases average annual earnings in adulthood by 12 and 14%. Math is also key to understanding today's world. An OECD director told the Globe and Mail that math is needed to follow topics like climate change or the pandemic. I don't know about that. I'm not great at math and I was able to follow both of those. Anyways, it's happening because the disruption caused by the pandemic didn't help scores, but the long decline signals flaws in how math is taught in schools. A contentious issue with debates focused on grasping basic concepts versus the inquiry model focused on problem solving. Ontario is ground zero for this struggle, with the province choosing to drop inquiry math back in 2020. The big picture here is that we need more math-savvy workers. Mathematicians play a key role in fighting global challenges like poverty, extreme weather, and diseases, according to UNESCO. Now to Zuma. Compared to the rest of the OECD, Canada's doing just fine. Only eight of the other 80 jurisdictions assessed outperform Canada on math. That said, scores have declined everywhere since 2003, so this is less of an A-plus for us and more of a D-minus for all of humanity. Yeah, you can get pretty far without math. I wouldn't put way too heavily on it. 
For our second story, the world's largest retailer is banking on a holiday season staple to boost sales, the cheesy holiday rom-com. So, Jay, are you telling me that Walmart is in the movie business now? They are, Brett. Walmart has launched a 23-part shoppable rom-com TV series called Add to Heart. Get it? So it's like add to cart, but actually add to heart. As part of its push to reach younger consumers, the format allows viewers to buy the clothes, decor, and furniture that is seen on the show. The show is currently streaming on YouTube, Roku, and TikTok and features 330 giftable Walmart products that can be purchased as you watch the series. Now to catch you up, shoppable content is already a hit in Asia, where companies like ByteDance cultivate and promote heavily branded content on social media. North American brands are following by launching shoppable shows and integrating e-commerce into popular series. Back in 2020, Amazon launched a fashion reality show called Making the Cut, which allows viewers to purchase the winning outfits with embedded Amazon links. Walmart has also partnered with NBC to bring a similar experience to Below Deck Mediterranean, a hit reality show following a crew that works aboard a mega yacht. One of my favorite shows, Jane. It's pretty good. This year, Home Depot, created by Mary and Bright, a home makeover TV show that includes items shoppable by QR codes hosted by American Idol's Jordan Sparks. It matters because if Walmart's holiday rom-com approach successfully drives sales, we can start seeing more shoppable content on streaming and social media platforms. And even, Brett, if people want to buy this microphone, we could like put a link to it on Amazon. Like We could start creating a whole business out of this. Yeah, we'll get a couple orders out of that, right? <laughs> sure. And for our third and final story today, after persevering through the most destructive year ever for wildfires in Canada, firefighters are in Ottawa trying to get more support before the next wildfire season. Here's what's driving the news. Over 40 fire chiefs from across the country are meeting with various federal officials today to drum up support. One of their main asks is to increase the volunteer firefighter tax credit from $3,000 a year to $10,000 a year in order to attract more volunteers. Now, volunteer firefighters account for 71% of firefighters in Canada, but 9,500 quit in 2023 as the sheer number of fires caused burnout and jeopardized their paying day jobs. Other firefighters are said to leave the workforce because of retirement. This year, over 38,000 firefighters were over 50, up from just 30,000 two years prior. The fire chiefs also want more cash to upgrade outdated equipment, a restoration and revamp of federal emergency preparedness funding, and a national fire administration to handle the coordination of firefighting efforts, just like in the U.S. But this all costs money, and the budget-cutting feds already announced $65 million in funding to six provinces and territories to buy new specialized equipment earlier this year. As is, annual national wildfire protection costs have surpassed $8 billion in six of the last 10 years, going up an average of $150 million per decade since the 1970s. The bottom line is, wildfires destroyed a record 18.5 million hectares so far this year. A stronger, better equipped, more coordinated firefighting force could prevent that record from being broken. Pete Pels, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Have a great Wednesday, Peak Pals. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for joining us on The Peak Daily. I'm excited to chat with you about how Amazon for Business is helping Canadian small business owners. But I would love to just start off by getting to know you a bit better and getting to know Amazon for Business a bit better. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Brett. My name is Matt Busbridge. I'm the country leader for Amazon Business Canada. I've been with Amazon for almost seven years. Uh, I was part of the team that started Amazon Business in the U.S., and I've spent 10 years down there. I moved back to Canada in 2019 as the first employee for Amazon business here. I've been uh, building it ever since. 
Amazing. Now, Amazon Business obviously is a newer product within Amazon. Most people, I hope, know what Amazon is and use Amazon often. But I would love to hear more about how popular Amazon Business has become among Canadian companies. Sure. For a little background on how Amazon Business came to be, we discovered this business almost by accident when we noticed that our customers were using their personal Amazon accounts, as you just described, but they were buying for work. And instead of a pack of napkins, they were buying whole boxes and reams of printer paper and toner. And when we asked them why, they told us that they loved that Amazon-like shopping experience, super convenient, lots of choice, great shipping, great pricing, and they wanted to do that for work. That was the genesis of Amazon Business. It's an Amazon account, but for a company, large or small, or a hospital or school or a government agency. We launched it in 2015 in the U.S. We've scaled it all around the world. In fall of 2019, we launched in Canada, which is our most recent country launch. We're in nine countries globally. And since we launched, we've experienced some phenomenal growth. We grow our customer base about 50% year over year. We serve hundreds of thousands of different organizations across Canada, from, again, small businesses to TSX Top 60 and everything in between. And last year, Andy Jassy, who's the CEO of Amazon Globally, mentioned in the letter to shareholders that Amazon Business, or AB as we call it, is now driving $35 billion in annualized growth sales globally with 6 million active customers worldwide. So a phenomenal experience building it here in Canada. That's an incredible success in such a short period of time. I'd love to hear how Amazon Business supports small businesses on the platform. Obviously, they have a lot of big buying decisions to make, and I'd love to hear how Amazon Business fits into that kind of ecosystem. I'd say it's important to note that our buying customers, of which we have thousands, aren't the only customers that we obsess over at Amazon. We also focus on independent sellers and give them immediate access to millions of our customers across Canada. Hundreds of thousands of selling partners are thriving on Amazon business and actually independent sellers or small businesses, many of them make up over half of Amazon business's global sales. And that's because our customers can find products that they might never have been able to find before. And so globally, we've got hundreds of thousands of AB selling partners. And again, half of them are SMBs. In Canada, in 2021, 41,000 independent sellers are based in Canada, and they sold over 100 million products on Amazon.ca. That's more than 200 every minute, and they averaged $85,000 in sales. That's about 13% growth year over year, and 4,000 of them sold over $100,000. Yeah, we're really proud of our support of small businesses, both our selling partners and the small businesses that come to Amazon Business to buy. Yeah, it's incredible how you've built a platform to help Canadian small businesses succeed. I'd love to help our kind of listeners who are making at least buying decisions learn about how they can use Amazon to ensure that they are purchasing from Canadian small businesses that are on your platform. Yeah, we hear a lot from our customers that they want to support their local communities, and that's a big priority for them. So we actually built a tool. We call it Buy Local, and it's a tool in Amazon business that you can use to prefer uh, products or sellers in your province. So if you're an Ontario-based small business, you can prefer Ontario-based businesses. And those will then top of the search results when you're looking for office supplies or IT peripherals or whatever it is. And that directs your spend back into your local community. So that's how it works today. And we're constantly talking to our customers about how we might be able to evolve that further going forward again to support small businesses in the communities in which they operate. 
the neat thing about Amazon business is that it's a almost a two-sided marketplace where you provide a platform for all of these Canadian small businesses that get to sell their goods on Amazon. But at the same time, there are buyers who are going to the platform to look for discounts and to inform their purchasing decisions. What's your number one piece of advice to business owners when it comes to the overall procurement process about how they make those decisions? Yeah, so buying can be very inefficient. It can be slow and cumbersome and take a lot of steps. It, it can be hard to find what you're looking for when you're buying for your business. And businesses can be much more efficient when they're purchasing from one place. And instead of having their employees get in cars and drive to stores or spend a lot of time searching for products and then expensing them and submit receipts, Amazon Business sort of centralizes a lot of that in one marketplace, again, bringing buyers and sellers together. And what that does is give employees back time to do their actual job. So they're spending less time searching and buying for what they need to do their work and instead more time actually doing their work. And what that does is make buying or procurement faster, more reliable, and effectively more efficient. And so those are the three characteristics that Amazon Businesses is known for, and they're extremely important for our business. That's great advice. And thanks again, Matt, for taking your time to join us on The Peak Daily. It's great to hear all the different ways that Amazon is supporting Canadian small businesses who now more than ever, I think, need that support from organizations like yourself. So thank you again, Matt. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Brett. Thanks for having me.